0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. In these uncertain times, it is more important than ever that we are intimately connected to Jesus, hearing His voice, attentive to His leading, and dependent upon the Spirit. Our Soul Shepherding staff went into the archives and picked powerful Soul Talks episodes that will remind us to go deeper and lean into our first love so that we can stand and bring the kingdom in this season. Now let's join Phil and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding.
1: Welcome, friends. Thanks for joining us on Soul Talks. We are so grateful that you choose to be a part of this community with us and we love hearing from you. It's so helpful and encouraging to Bill and I because we just sit here behind these microphones looking at each other and so it helps us to think about you and hearing from you helps us as well and greatly encourages us. We heard recently from Aaron and it came at a time Bill when I was kind of discouraged. I was kind of feeling like if the, you know we're working so hard does this really matter is god really using
0: us
2: and so aaron and her husband have a, a nonprofit ministry in tennessee and she wrote to us saying that she listens to all our podcasts and uh, that the jesus easy yoke book is her second bible and she's really needed the encouragement because they've been grieving a huge loss and had been distraught for a number of days, and so she's particularly gleaning from uh, the openness and transparency of Soul Talks, and it's helped her not give up when she's sort of the buckle under the stress of her circumstances. And she goes on to say that sometimes she even re listens to podcasts because she uh, wants so badly for her words and attitude to be loving instead of blunt and prickly and insensitive. Mm-hmm. And she says that uh, she hasn't um, grown up with this kind of empathy and uh, tenderness and gentle words. And so she's trying to absorb this way of relating uh, and to uh, strengthen her communication and her skills for her marriage, her family and her other relationships and especially her ministry.
1: I love that. We hear that from other people too. And I just so respect you when you are working on this and getting a new vision for growing in love and empathy and healthy communication. It makes such a difference in our relationships. And we have to receive that too. We need a model. We have to receive it. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking today on this podcast about Jesus and him being a feeler which means he can empathize with us in our emotions.
2: That's quite a statement. Jesus is a feeler. Yep. Not not everybody would agree with that. We maybe think, say, well, Jesus is a thinker, or Jesus is a, a leader, a teacher. Jesus is holy and strong, but Jesus is a feeler might not seem to resonate.
1: Yeah, I remember we were, I think we were in the car, Bill, you and I driving somewhere, and I was having a lot of emotions, and I was feeling a lot of shame about all the emotions I was having, which is not uncommon for me. Thankfully, it's becoming less common for me as I, as I grow and mature in Christ. But um, I think you turned and looked at me and you said, Christy, Jesus is a feeler. And I remember it just stunned me. It just It just stunned me. It was just like, oh, I've never had that thought before. It was so helpful to me. It was like you opened the heavens and God's grace just flooded me. And it was like, I went from shame to just being totally and completely embraced by God and his love and his empathy. And then you, you and I talked about it a little bit, because I think then maybe I started to challenge it a little bit and kind of say, well, okay, I can see that he felt this and this and this, but do you think he ever felt this? And we kind of had some conversation about it, challenged me, it was, it was good
2: yeah, well, a lot of you listening are sensitive, and you're feelers, and to uh, you can feel uh, discouraged or alienated or alone, or you said, Christy, even ashamed about that. When we're in a world of thinkers and activists and achievers and uh, people accomplishing things and moving, uh, we might feel like we can't keep up with all that, or we're not as strong or as perfect as all of that. And the truth is that even those of us like myself who are thinkers, we have feelings too, and we can be sensitive on the inside too. And so a lot of times that's kept secret and hidden. And so something that we do in soul shepherding is really try to speak to the heart and to uh, help those of you who are uh, more uh, tender and gentle, uh, perhaps soft-spoken or deep-feeling or creative and artistic or highly relational, to give you a seat at the table of leadership and to help you see the importance and significance of your voice and your message and your personality, your heart, your your way of being is greatly needed in your family, your church, your place of work.
1: We want people to realize that actually by becoming aware of our emotions and our feelings, it actually can be a way that we can open to Jesus coming to us. Yeah,
2: because if we're... Appreciating Jesus coming through through Bible study or devotionals and this sort of thing, but we are shutting down our emotions. We're not going to experience much of Jesus coming. (laughs) We might think about it and have ideas about it that are are uh, uh, insightful, uh, but to really experience that closeness with the Lord, we we need to open up our hearts. We need to open up to our emotions and our needs, our vulnerable places, and that that's where we're going to experience that warmth.
1: Well, you have been thinking about this, and as you do, you often express your your great thoughts about ideas like this in Bible studies and articles. And so you've written a a blog on Jesus is a feeler with 37 emotions. Why did you write that article?
2: Because of what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Because I talk with so many people who are sensitive and tenderhearted, whether it's in the counseling office or our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats, people who uh, contact us by email on our website, etc., who have feelings and sensitivities and struggle emotionally and feel left out or like they're uh, slow to keep up. And so I just want to help people connect with Jesus in that place, and I, I want to help us be free of shame. And my own journey as a thinker who who became a feeler, I, I know what that's like. I, I know how, I know the experience of having deep uh, feelings and uh, feeling uh, alone with that or out of place with that. And it helps so much when we can connect with Jesus and see that Jesus has gone there first. And Jesus feels things deeply. And Jesus struggles with uh, negative emotions. And Jesus feels positive emotions. And that this is a a huge part of our spirituality, our our emotional makeup.
1: Is there a specific emotion that Jesus felt that has really helped you receive empathy from the Lord and draw close in intimacy with him?
2: Yeah, well, in the blog I talk about Jesus having 37 different emotions that are specifically named in the Bible. So there's Greek words for these different emotional states of jesus so that's a lot of emotions it is. 37 emotions i don't know those of you listening if you've ever seen a feeling faces chart we have one of those on our soul sharpening website that you can look up but there's a lot of different uh, expressions of feeling different nuances there and learning the language of feelings is a very important tool in our communication in our prayers and so uh anything pretty much that we feel Jesus has been there. So I was reflecting on this and I think especially the fact that Jesus felt shame is something that is deeply ministered to to me. Now this is probably one of those emotions where as you're listening, you're thinking, huh, Jesus felt shame. I don't know. Did he feel shame? I don't, I don't think so. Well, uh, we read in Hebrews 12 too that he took on the shame of the cross and, uh, he, in particular, he felt shame there. Maybe Jesus felt uh, like he had failed and felt ashamed when he couldn't heal many of the people in his hometown. Yeah, he knew it was because they lacked faith and he came, he didn't stay ashamed about that. But I imagine he felt some discouragement, some disappointment, and maybe like he wishes he could have done something different. Maybe he even felt bad about it. Or when so many of his disciples left him, as John tells us in chapter 6, I believe, uh, do you think he might have felt bad about that? He might have felt mm-hmm. discouraged. Yeah. Sometimes we get this idea about Jesus that he's just always strong in his, his confidence and his ideas and his beliefs. And he's just, he's so son of God that he isn't uh, a man And it's like, well, wait a minute. He is is fully God. He, he He is holy and perfect, and he is the unique son of God. But he's also a human being, tempted in every way that we are. So he has emotions, and he has struggles.
1: Yeah, as I was reading your blog here on these 37 emotions that Jesus felt, I remember being really surprised when I read that Jesus felt afraid. I thought, hmm, wait a second. Jesus is, and God tells us, Don't be afraid. Be afraid. Do not fear. 365 times. That's another Bible study that we have on soulshepherding.org. Is all the times in the Bible, 365 times, it says fear not and do not be afraid. And so I thought, well, is that right? Could could Jesus have been afraid? And you reference here him feeling afraid in Hebrews 5, 7 of death and him feeling terrified in, in Mark 14, 33. And so to think about Jesus preparing to go to the cross, being so anxious that he sweated drops of blood, thinking that, oh, you know, he understands when I'm afraid. His empathy for me when I'm afraid, and I get afraid by much lesser things (laughs) than, than this, but still just the fact that Jesus knows that feeling of fear, and he's endured that, and he can empathize with that.
2: Yeah, we were visiting a church recently and heard a sermon on worry, and the pastor presented Jesus as being so strong as he never had any worry, he never had any anxiety, he never had any fear. And I I felt a a disconnect there. I felt like, oh, Jesus is feeling far from me if I think Mm -hmm. of him that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. No, Jesus is with us. He understands from the inside He has empathy for me and he feels what I feel, not only for me, but with me. He he's been there. He's been through that. And I think Jesus felt worry. He felt fear.
1: I think that's helpful to to for you to identify that. You know, I wonder, did he worry about his when he was preparing to leave to start his memory? Did he worry about leaving his family and his brothers and his mom? Did he worry if they'd be okay? Did he worry how will I know who to choose for my disciples? Did he worry, you know, where he was going to get his next meal or where he was going to lay his head? You know, he talks about the Son of Man not having any place to lay his head. Did he worry that nobody would respond to his his message? I wonder those things. I would worry those things about those things if I was Jesus.
2: I think a big part of our difficulty with this subject is we just don't have uh, maybe the language uh, to parse things out and maybe we don't have enough... Uh, psychological understanding of emotion, uh, of worry and fear and shame and anger and these different emotions that we talk about in the this Bible study. Because when we say that Jesus was worried or Jesus was ashamed, we're we're not making a statement that he was uh, so saturated with this emotion that it defined his being.
1: Right, that he was caught up with anxiety or having panic attacks or not able to sleep or function. Or sick to his stomach, or those kind of things he he felt that he felt them like like it said he was tempted in every way. Well, feelings are one of the ways we're tempted.
2: Yeah, so he had he had specific circumstances and situations, times where he had emotions, but they didn't define his being. So it wasn't a a characteristic of Jesus that he was he was a worry wart. That that's right. not true. That right. wasn't his personality.
1: Yeah, well, even this passage here in Hebrews 5-7, it's modeling and showing us what Jesus was doing with his fear. It said that he was begging God. He was he was praying fervently. He was doing what Philippians 4 says, don't worry, instead pray.
2: Right, and that that's a great example of, of what we're bringing out here is that when Paul says in Philippians 4, chapter 6, do not be anxious about anything, prayer and petition, present your request to God. He's He's not saying don't feel worried, don't feel anxious, don't feel afraid.
1: He's not saying deny that you do feel those things, repress that you do that feel those things.
2: No, the whole point is when you feel worried, mm-hmm. when you feel anxious, when you feel afraid, pray, talk it through, find a safe mm-hmm. person to be Christ's ambassador to you, journal, mm-hmm. uh, work this through so that you don't become... Uh, suffocated Mm -hmm. by that emotion and it doesn't overwhelm you and define you Mm -hmm.
1: yeah we see we see jesus do this with other emotions too when he was angry and he was cursing corazon and and then all of a sudden he prays and he in the midst of that you know kind of being angry at them for rejecting god he prays, and he wants us into to abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth.
2: This is the easy yoke passage that we teach on in Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. And yeah. it's so awesome that Jesus isn't just giving us a, a teaching here with content that's w- wonderfully insightful, but he, he's showing us. Jesus is in the easy yoke of the Father, mm-hmm. and he is dealing with a very stressful situation having been, rejected by these different religious cities and his message being turned away. Uh, He now is uh, in tune with God's love and he's letting the fathers soften his heart and help him to have compassion and to to change his tone of voice and to speak gently to the people right in front of him and invite them into his easy yoke.
1: It's it's so helpful, honey, because emotions are messy. They're they're messy they come at times you don't want them sometimes it feels like they're overwhelming they're so strong it, and so why for for people that have kind of been thinking well emotions are bad and they're not safe or they're they're the caboose you know um what what would you say about the importance of emotions and being aware of them.
2: Well, one way we can understand this is there's been quite a bit of research that's been done on emotions, and we've developed uh, this term uh, emotional intelligence, and it's scientifically uh, backed and developed that uh, emotional intelligence is key to success in life. Every aspect of life, business and relationships, family, family, uh, and even faith and spirituality, our self-awareness is pivotal to our ability to offer empathy to other people, to, to work hard with motivation, to manage people well, uh, to deal with conflict. And so, in, in fact, our EQ is more predictive of success in life than IQ. That's how powerful it is. To be emotionally intelligent is huge, huge, huge.
1: It really helps us to have empathy for other people, to love them, to understand them. And it also is so powerful spiritually because it enables me to grow in my intimacy with Jesus.
2: Yeah, this morning I was meditating on Isaiah. Uh, 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah prophesied that a virgin would give birth to the Messiah and uh, his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel means empathy,
1: hmm. it
2: means presence, <laughs> it means I
1: love that. bonding,
2: see, That's great. and uh, well, Isaiah needed that. He was a, a prophet and he was rejected by the people like hmm. Jeremiah and others. He went through a lot of uh, discouragement and feelings of failure and being ostracized and uh, his prophecies not seeming to come true at times and people just deriding him. And so he needed to know God as Emmanuel, and he needed to know that God was with him, and God indeed had called him, because there, surely there were times that Isaiah doubted his call. And so, so yeah, I can receive God's empathy through the story of Isaiah. And that, that helps me when I'm feeling uh, discouraged or stressed or struggling. So, so many emotions that are spoken of uh, uh, in the Bible and modeled by Jesus— And lots of positive emotions too, like love and joy and peace, which again, these are more than emotions. These are conditions of being, but they love, joy, and peace, hope, faith would normally include some positive emotion.
1: Yeah, I loved as we were, because we spoke on this subject recently too, and when we were speaking about some of these joyful emotions in particular, where Jesus was rejoicing When the 72 came back from ministering and he says, I saw Satan fall and just the joy of, you know, the disciples were, God was using them and the joy that he felt in that, that that I think wasn't just this condition of being. I think it was, but it was also a great happiness, an emotion of that.
2: Yeah. We need to see like Jesus laughing. Luke says he was like exuberant. He was like really joyful, really enthused, really excited and making exclamations.
1: Well, or I think about when a prayer that I'm praying is answered and, you know, sometimes I'll do like a little victory jump and dance, kind of like you do when your team makes a touchdown, yep. you know, it's kind of like, it's like this happy thing. It's like, wow, you know, I got to be a part of God's power, you know, and love manifesting in this person's life. It's, it just doesn't get better than that.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up that example, Christy, because even this morning as I was having breakfast, I was uh, reading through these different scriptures in this study on Jesus as a feeler with 37 emotions. And I was pausing on this one about joy and saying, yes, thats I really need that. I, that's such a good example for me. And just to see, yeah, that's true. The Lord is rejoicing with us as we are serving him. Uh, in many ways, in our in our life, our family, and of course in our soul shepherding ministry, and it, it makes the Lord happy when He sees that we are uh, not only receiving His grace for our own well being, but we're sharing it with others, mm-hmm. and we're we're learning to work with His power to to do work to advance God's kingdom. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a feeler and that you enter into our life experiences with us. And you've even gone before us. We see that in the Gospels, the stories of your life, that you feel what we feel with empathy and compassion. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering those memories to us and that warm presence of Christ our Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love to us through Jesus. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: At Soul Shepherding, we've created prayer guides to help you cultivate your connection with Jesus. Our breath prayers, Ignatian and Lectio Divina guides help you to experience God and his word in ways that will begin to transform you. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram